Tino Falava, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Elisha Fern. Coming up. Certainly, it has uh, the potential to brew security tension in a way which would be destabilizing for the region. China's foreign minister is touring the Pacific as Beijing seeks a region wide deal with nearly a dozen nations. These are serious charges. One is conspiracy to defraud, and then there are two theft charges of public monies. The leader of the Cook Islands opposition is taking the Prime Minister to task over his reinstatement of his deputy. Previously, we've had no nationwide data of the prevalence of anxiety or depression amongst the general population. A nationwide mental health survey is underway in the Cook Islands. The President of the Federated States of Micronesia says he has serious concerns about the details of two leaked Chinese government documents to be tabled at a meeting this coming week. David Panuelo warns the sovereignty of the Pacific Island countries is at stake and that the outcome of one of the documents could result in a Cold War or even a World War. The other document is a five-year plan to implement the outcomes into action. Bonoelo has written to 18 Pacific leaders, including New Zealand, Australia and the Secretary-General of the Pacific Islands Forum, specifically about the China-Pacific Island country's common development vision. China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi has been in Kiribati to meet with the country's president to discuss bilateral relations. Mr Wang's short trip to Tarawa was confirmed late on Tuesday by the Kiribati government. RNZ Pacific's Moira Tuilepa-Taylor reports. This is Mr Wang's second stopover to a Pacific Island country after a two-day visit to Solomon Islands, where he formalised a number of development cooperation frameworks, arrangements to strengthen China's relations with Honiara. His visit to the Pacific region has been closely watched by New Zealand, the US and Australia. A local journalist in Kiribati, Rimon Rimon, says the secretive nature of Mr Wang's visit had angered some locals. Mr Rimon says the Chinese foreign minister landed on Tarawa just after 1pm local time and was received by Cabinet Minister Makarite Temari. He says the visit by the high-level delegation is significant because of a potential security deal, similar to the one between China and Solomon Islands, is likely to be on the agenda. All information we try to get from the government, they, they, they have been really secretive about it. So at, at this stage, we, don't, we do not know that the government has not uh, uh, disclosed what those um, agreements are. Fiji is to host a meeting next week where two leaked Chinese government documents are expected to be tabled. In a letter to a number of Pacific leaders, the President of the Federated States of Micronesia said he had serious concerns about the documents. A concern echoed by the director of the Macmillan Brown Centre for Pacific Studies at the University of Canterbury, Stephen Ratuva. It's going to be very transformational very uh, different from the current status quo, which is very much bilaterally uh, based, where China has individual relationship with particular countries. In this particular case, it's the entire region, it's the whole block which they're trying to create. He says the geopolitical gaming has already started, with Australia's new foreign minister, Penny Wong, heading to the Pacific in the first week of her new role to push back. 
New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says decisions on links with China are ultimately for independent Pacific nations. However, she says the region needs a coordinated response to recent developments and the upcoming forum meeting is the place for this. That will be the chance to revisit the Biki Tower Declaration and ask ourselves, have we fulfilled the uh, objectives we set ourselves? Which was first and foremost to look to one another as a Pacific family to respond to the security issues that we may have. There is still no confirmed date for the meeting. Mr Wong is also expected to visit Fiji on Sunday and Monday and Papua New Guinea next Thursday and Friday. He also has plans to travel to other Pacific Island nations, including Vanuatu, Samoa and Tonga. The Cook Islands Prime Minister Mark Brown has confirmed to local media that scheduled talks with Wang Yi will be held this week. The leader of the Cook Islands Opposition Democratic Party, Tina Brown, is taking Prime Minister Mark Brown to task over his reinstatement of his deputy, Robert Tapitao. Mr Tapitao is awaiting trial on a series of charges, including theft and conspiracy, to defraud and had been suspended. Tina Brown says Mr Tapitao should have stayed suspended, accusing the Cook Islands Prime Minister of lying and misleading the public. Don Wiseman spoke with Tina Brown about the situation. When he made the announcement, he stated that he had reinstated Robert Tapaito and gave the reasons for reinstatement, one of which he said was he had obtained the advice from Crown Law and also got the approval from Cabinet and he wanted to put the minister back to work because there was a delay in having his matter heard. Yes, Mark Brown has since, though, admitted that he hadn't had advice on this from Crown Law. Well, he did, uh, but there's a little proviso there. He said, well, yes, I admit that I didn't have any formal advice, suggesting that he might have had some informal advice. And then he says, well, uh, he had spoken to some senior lawyers. And, of course, by this stage, um, my thinking is, well, you've lied on this one. How do I know you're not lying on these other ones as well? What do you want him to do? Should Robert Tapaitao be allowed back? No, and the question um, our media here asked me if I was in Mark's uh, position, would I reinstate him? The answer is clearly no. Nothing has changed since he was suspended. He was suspended because he was charged. The charges are still pending. That's number one. Number two, these are serious charges. One is conspiracy to defraud, and then there are two theft charges of public monies. And so one must ask themselves, well, what has changed for the um, Prime Minister to reinstate? Nothing has changed. Well, the Prime Minister did say that you can't keep someone suspended for a very long time, and he knows that, or he said, there's not going to be a court resolution until sometime next year. Yes, looking from outside, that's partly because Robert has chosen not to enter a plea. And of course, once you have not entered a plea, you can't get a hearing date. I am aware that the Chief Justice had intended to have the hearing before, early this year, before we even went into the general election. I do agree that um, people should not remain suspended, but my view is different. He's been suspended for months on full pay and reinstating him simply because he shouldn't remain suspended. To me, what about the prisoners in jail who are awaiting a hearing, who have been charged 
and have been remanded in custody, what happens to them? Do we apply the presumption of innocence to them as well and have them released? So Robert Tapaitao should go. Partly, I guess, you're speaking out now because, well, you go to elections quite soon, don't you? Well, the excuse of putting him back to work also made no sense to me. Two things that didn't make any sense to me. One, I found it difficult to believe that Crown Law, who are the people that recommended prosecution and who are in the lead agency in the prosecution, would then somehow advise government, well, it's okay to reinstate. It just didn't make sense to me. The second aspect that didn't make sense to me was the idea of putting him back to work as a minister when by the 14th of June, Parliament is going to be dissolved. And so what work are we talking about? Another two weeks and a bit. Would he, as a suspended MP, be eligible to stand in the election? Well, he would be because the Electoral Act only talks about people being convicted and carrying a imprisonment sentence or or convicted of an offence which carries an imprisonment sentence. Well, he's not been convicted. So the answer is yes, he will be eligible to, to stand. So elections, what, sometime in July then? There's no date. It's all sort of secret. The only person that knows the date would probably be the Prime Minister and the other person would be the Queen's Rep. You're looking forward to when it does happen? Oh, yes. Um, We've been preparing for a date. We think the earliest might be August. I think July might be too early, too early simply because the process of an election, you have the main role out and you have the supplementary role and you have the nomination and you've got your first month out of the way. A nationwide mental health survey is underway in the Cook Islands. New Zealand Cook Islander Dr Sam Manuela is leading the research with a team who are interviewing households throughout Rarotonga and Outer Islands. The research is the first of its kind and close to 1,000 people have been interviewed so far on the state of their well-being. I'm now joined by Dr Sam Manuela to find out more. So this is the first time that a a national uh, survey of mental illness and mental health has been conducted in the Cook Islands. Uh, Previously, we've had no uh, nationwide data of the prevalence of anxiety uh, or depression amongst the general population. And so uh, this survey seeks to provide that data. And so tell me where you're at now with this survey and how long have you got to go? Uh, we So far, we've collected just um, uh, responses from just under 750 people in Rarotonga. Uh, and yesterday, we started the data collection phase in Aitutaki. Uh, so we're hoping to collect uh, 950 here in Rarotonga and another 150 in Aitutaki. And so that'll give us um, a, an overall sample of 1,100 people. Uh, unfortunately, we were unable to get out to some of the outer island uh, because of travel restrictions from COVID. But I'm looking forward to coming back uh, later in the year to collect data in some of those outer islands. How are you collecting the data? Are you going face-to-face asking people these questions, coming into their homes, or how does it work? Yeah, so I've got a team of people here who are all local, uh, and, and they're going house-to-house uh, with a, a portable tablet and they're conducting interviews uh, with people in their homes. Mental illness has a bit of a, um, there's a bit of taboo and, and stigma attached to mental illness here in the Cook Islands. 
Uh, all of our interviewers have gone under um, training with myself and Dr. Evangeline Daniela Wong, who's a psychologist here. They've been provided with uh, ways to engage with people to talk about mental health and, and what the overall project is about. And, and going into people's homes and talking about something that is quite sensitive here is, um, uh, means that uh, our interviewers need to be uh, able to connect and, and relate to the people that they're talking to to make sure that they're comfortable and uh, are fully aware of what is involved in the project. So what we're going to do is, is gift this data to other two Temera orders so they are able to use it to to support mental health here in the Cook Islands. And then in addition to that, I'll, I'll be publishing the data so it is available for others who are interested in mental health or Cook peoples, but also looking at ways in which mental health research can be conducted in other Pacific countries as well. I'm interested to know, what is the data showing so far? I haven't done any full analyses just yet, but from um, eyeballing the data, it, it looks like there is we're kind of collecting data at, at towards the kind of tail end of, of the pandemic. And so what we have seen is that those who have indicated that uh, COVID-19 has had a negative impact on their mental health, we are seeing higher reports of anxiety, depressive symptoms in, in that population. In general, it looks like the uh, rates of uh, depression and anxiety are roughly similar to uh, those uh, Cook Island peoples who are living in New Zealand. Uh, however, this is um, just eyeballing of the data at the moment, and so full analyses will be done once we have completed data collection. And when will that be? So data collection should be fully finished by the end of June. Also looking at um, patterns across demographic groups to see if there's any particular groups who are experiencing more or, or less distress. It sounds really interesting and some important work that I'm sure the government of the Cook Islands will really appreciate. I yes, I, wanted, I think so too. Yeah, I wanted to know, are people quite receptive to these interviews or, or how is the, the feeling? Is it still taboo talking about mental health? The feedback that I'm getting from our team of interviewers, it sounds like the... The country is very welcoming of, of this research, which I'm very thankful about. And, and so a, a common, uh, something like this is, is long overdue. And, and they're thankful that um, data is being collected so they have more awareness about it. And a lot of people are talking about how there is a lot of stigma around mental health uh, and that they are wanting to break down some of those barriers around talking about it as well. So it sounds like that there is a uh, a desire amongst our population here to uh, talk more about mental health. I am Cook Island. <laughs> yeah, I'm born and raised in New Zealand. Um, my dad is Cook Island. He lives here as well. I've got a, um, some siblings here as well. And so it's a great opportunity for me to come and give back in ways I haven't been able to do before. Thank you for joining us. That brings us to the end of Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us free to your device from Spotify, iHeart or Apple Podcasts. And if you are using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Tofa soifua.